This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The pivot. It's this magical word in Silicon Valley. You try something, it doesn't work. And instead of trying to make it work, you ditch it. Make a giant change to the business and never look back. Today, however, the investors are more interested in what came before the pivot and how that could weigh this business down. We'll see if entrepreneur Jen Saxton can convince them that the mistakes of her past won't come back to haunt her. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Today's investors are... I'm Phil Nadell. Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages Forefront Venture Partners, one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million in high-profile startups like Uber. I'm Sarah Downey. Sarah's a partner at Accomplice, where they've invested $600 million in over 200 startups so far. One example, a company called DraftKings. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested $45 million in over 100 startups to date. All right, on with the pitch. Hi there. Hello. Hi there. I'm Jillian. Jillian. How are you? Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. Hi, Jen. I'm Phil. Hi, Phil. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. When I was five years old, I was in a car accident, sitting in the front seat of my dad's car wearing just the seatbelt when someone T-boned us right on my side of the car. Fortunately, I was uninjured, but I was one of the lucky ones. As many as 43% of children who die in car accidents were improperly restrained, and as many as 95% of child's car seats are used incorrectly. First-time parents know this problem all too well. You pick out a shiny new car seat for your shiny new baby, but when you go to install the car seat, oh man, you would not believe how infuriatingly difficult the dang things are to work with. But Jen says her business, Tot Squad, has a solution. So live now on Amazon, when you buy a car seat, it asks if you would like to add the professional installation. We have hundreds of car seat installers already all over the country. Uh, We did about half a million in sales last year, and we've already doubled that year to date versus last year. I've previously raised about two and a half million, and I'm seeking a million dollars now. I would love to work with a number of you guys in this room and, and really excited to tell you more about the business. Are you saying that people don't know how to put in their car seat at all? Like, this is a big problem? Yeah, 95% are used incorrectly. Do you have any demo to show us or yeah, any pictures? Yeah, I was going to show you show exactly how here. to book it on Amazon. So do you just want to search and search any car seat? Look it's car primed. seat. Yes. Okay. okay. I'm looking at your phone. There's a car seat. Okay. Michael picks out his favorite car seat from the selection on Amazon. And because they're in New York City, an additional option appears just above the click to buy button that says add installation. When you click it, Tot Squad will send someone to you who will crawl into the backseat of your car 
and show you how to install the car seat the right way. Okay, for $89, yes. uh, it says here, install uh, installation for customers. $89 to, to install the car seat? So the price varies by market. We're testing mm -hmm. different price points right now, so we so raised like the price in New York City. It seems like a lot of money to put a car seat in. Yeah, right? so um, most of the price point we're targeting is $50 to $60 range. Like I said, in New York City, everything is more expensive. So, um, so what percentage the of the people who buy car seats actually then opt into this? So this service just went live a few weeks ago, um, and unfortunately, Amazon won't share that information with us about what the conversion rate is out right. of the total number of right. purchases. But the reality is, if we get 1% of middle and high income millennial moms that are purchasing items, our addressable market or like annual sales would be $126 million. 1% goes to Amazon. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the unit economics on a purchase, so $80 is kind of the, the standard number I use. $80, Amazon gets 20% of that, so we pay them $16. We pay the car seat installer $25. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's $41 out of the 80 are paid out. And then we keep roughly 50% just to do the customer service, And what are the partners you're working with other than Amazon? So I literally two days ago signed the Walmart contract, which is so exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Walmart kept telling me over and over and over again, we just want to offer this service to our customers. We don't care if we make any money on it. But wow. we know that yeah. customers want this. Right. And Walmart's rolling it out to everyone. Yep. It'll be available. Well, so we control which zip codes it shows up in. We have about 500 car seat installers all over the country, but then we also just launched virtual car seat checks. So we're playing into the telehealth movement. So if you're in the hospital parking lot, baby arrived early, we will walk you through how to install your car seat over video chat. How did and you ensure that it works? Yeah. And what's the liability on you? So, I mean, I guess I believe that any... Uh, issue is insurable, right? Our insurance is very hard to get. It's a huge barrier to entry to keep people from copying us, uh, and it's very expensive. But I think that we have a great crisis PR plan in place should an accident happen. Mm. And uh, I, I have been working in this business, in this like space, for going on close to eight or nine years now. And knock on wood, there has never been any sort of incident other than parents who have been in a car accident literally after driving away from having their car seat installed, and the kid was uninjured. So that was the best Yelp review we ever got. Oh. Is, so, is it just car seat installation yeah, services So that's today? all that's live right now okay. on Amazon. So that's really our use of funds for our upcoming raise is we want to start adding these other baby service categories. Um, if you think about lactation consultants, mm -hmm. they're mostly a mom who breastfed, became passionate about it, got certified, but she's still primarily a mom and she wants to make money doing what she's passionate about, but she doesn't know how to run a business. So if we can aggregate all of these highly fragmented providers from all over the country and all of these different baby service categories and become the one-stop shop where parents can find all of these service providers, it's just a really, really exciting opportunity. Is lactation consultant the second one? Yeah, so yeah, so next? the next categories we want to launch are baby proofing, lactation, and sleep consultants. Those are huge. Absolutely. Lactation and sleep consultants are mm -hmm. huge. So, it's amazing how many children don't latch. It's, a, it's crazy. Michael, I know. I have a nine-month-old, oh, oh, so. Oh, Michael, oh, I, I just yeah. been, I've been researching this. <laughs> well, we told you that before. Michael's having a baby, just so That's you amazing. know. I'm yeah. 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 Michael and Michael's is. one question to me was, um, do I have to feed him? Like, yeah. when do I have to feed that? And I'm thinking to myself, wow. That's a wild this ride, Like, this so. is not a puppy, Michael. Yeah. Now that Jillian's properly thrown Michael under the bus, we can move on. But behind the banter are five investors who see a problem that, if solved, could grow up to be a big business. But the company is five years old at this point, and they've already raised $2.5 million. And to Michael, for all that time and money, her baby business shouldn't still be teething. What did you do with two and a half million bucks? 
So the original business concept, the vision I was pursuing initially was really to be the geek squad of the baby industry. So when you go into Best Buy uh, and you buy a laptop, yeah. at the cash register, they say, would you like to add the service package? Services kind of have to be sold in that fashion along with a product. Uh so we actually have uh, kind of Geek Squad style service centers that are now open in 10 cities inside Bye Bye Baby stores. Uh, so you can go and you can get your, here in Chelsea in New York City, you can get your car seat installed, you can get your stroller, your car seat cleaned, repaired, any kind of maintenance hmm. services you need on your baby gear. That's not true. Is that part stores? of your business today? Yes, it is. So um, unfortunately, we've just had some challenges working with the retailer um, because basically in November 2014, I... Uh, really realized this vision to become the Geek Squad and got buy-in from the president of Bye Bye Baby uh, that they believed in this concept of having these service centers inside the stores. And they put us through three and a half years of pilots, like death by a thousand pilots. Oh, wow. Um, and in that period, so last March, we finally got the service center in Chelsea open. And so right now in Chelsea, when we got that service center open, it's a two-story store. You're walking out of the store with your stroller or your car seat. They can't sell you the service. You'd have to go back downstairs to the basement where the kiosk is and then swipe your credit card a second time to buy the Tot Squad service. So it is, inf it's like, in I can't even describe how frustrating it has been to not scale my business as quickly as I thought I would because we keep, they keep over-promising and under-delivering on why when Amazon they're going to get the service. And Walmart have been different because exactly. they're and tech first. And you didn't give them an exclusivity, but I'm no. wondering why you waited three years and sort of, as you Just said, sort of kept getting strong along. Okay. Yeah. And you're so, in 10 Bye Bye Babies? Yes. 10 But they cities. can't. They can't sell. But they don't. At the so they're a product company. These retailers are designed to sell products, and they just can't. Their bureaucracy. They can't get their head around how to sell services right. Bye bye. Actually, tried to launch their own service center okay. in the middle of my pilots. They oh. went around me I'm and opened their own in New York City. Well, I was I, I was just flabbergasted by the bad faith of the whole thing. Um, and then I talked to a friend of mine who's in the pet space, and he said, "You know what? Let them do it because they're going to fail, and then they're going to come back to you, and they're going to know how much they need you." And that is exactly what happened. The first incarnation of Tot Squad was all about having actual people standing behind actual counters in actual stores, even if they're relegated to the basement. That's why Jen is so excited to get out of the basement and onto the information superhighway. After the break, the investors decide if Jen's business is ready to leave the nest or if it's time to throw this baby out with the bathwater. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company. It's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Pivots are an important part of the way Silicon Valley works. Jen Saxton spent $2.5 million going in the wrong direction. And now she wants our investors to give her money to fund this new pivot, a move away from the land of brick and mortar 
to the brave new world of massive online marketplaces. This is a pivot, yes. which I wholly believe in, and all of us here, all mm-hmm. most yeah. of the things we've ever done. Got to be resilient. A, all <laughs> resilient pivot. So, so good on you. So, talk to us about your capital structure now. Like, what did you invest in? Like, what are we investing in now? So, the valuation on the two and a half million that I previously raised was about eight and a half million, um, and I actually am moving into a Series A this fall. I'm having some really positive conversations with VCs already, but I have a bridge note open right now. So, um, I have tell a, us about the bridge note. So, the bridge note has a fifteen million cap. Kate, let's say we roll all the way forward to December this year, the final mm-hmm. month. What do you think you're doing between uh, Walmart and Amazon and the car so seats? So we're taking the approach of crawl, walk, run, right? So we don't want to just like open the floodgates and get overwhelmed and then deliver a bad service, which will lead to bad reviews, etc. Like we really take it seriously that we have high quality vetted service pros on our platform, um, which means we video interview every single one of them. They go through a background check before they get live on Amazon, etc. So I think we'll do about a million this year. We did about half a million last year. How many orders are you getting per week? So, and again, we're only live in a couple of markets where we've kind of turned it on because we control which zip codes it shows, but well, we're doing a couple thousand dollars a week right now. What about companies like Care.com or other, like, service providers that do yeah. pieces of, you know, daycare or lactation consultants, whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your take on on them? And There's and- a lot of folks that are targeting, like, a single service category, like resale of baby gear or childcare or kids' activities. But there's nobody who's kind of taking all of these disaggregated, fragmented service pros and then aggregating them to where you can find multiple categories in one place. So that's really what we're focused on is being the one-stop shop. So I haven't really talked about the real strategy here. We know so much about our customers. So we've serviced over 50,000 customers already. When we install a car seat, we not only know your general demographics and contact information, we know your due date or your kid's age, height, weight, name, your vehicle make and model, your brand of your car seat and your stroller. And using all of that data, we know at when the child is born, you need yeah. the lactation consultant immediately. Yeah. We know about four months later, you need the sleep consultant. We know six right. months later, you, you need the baby proofer, right. right? So there's kind of all of the different service pros that you need throughout the journey. And right now we're targeting the zero to five age range, yeah. but I think there's no reason in the future we can't grow with our families, right? Kids, once they're in preschool, need occupational and speech therapy sometimes. Right. There's all sorts of things. They need tutors, they need language learning. There's all these services. So that's kind of one of the goals with the big Series A implanted It's a smart race. idea. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good trend for you. Yeah, I'm excited. Ah, data. As elusive and magical as sleeping through the night. Jen wants to dream about her huge vision for Tot Squad. But the investors seem more interested to know if Tot Squad can crawl before they'll pay to see if the business can run. This is where I'm struggling. I, I like everything I'm hearing. I like you. I like this market. I believe that this thing is going to keep going. You're, you, okay, granted that you will get into big data and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but that value is honestly one to two years away from mm-hmm. real, real value. Mm-hmm. So I can't pay for that now. Mm-hmm. So I'm struggling at the valuation because I want to come in, but I think I'm weighed down by your previous round. You're actually, your two and a half million, what mm-hmm. you've done to the, the pivot. But that two and a half million that I raised was absolutely essential to get to where we are today because it took years to build the relationships with the retailers to get them to create which, a which new didn't, category. But, but, but didn't, that's where but, the value is. But not really because that didn't work. And if I was starting today, you would be starting at a, I don't know, a five, six, seven or eight million valuation. Mm-hmm. You're raising that money and we just mm-hmm. skip that retailer, race that and yeah. just go straight to here. Well, like I said, I am getting a lot of interest from VCs for a Series A in which I expect to raise. I have a plan for a three to five million raise, and I have a plan for an eight to ten million raise in which I'd actually like to acquire a mommy blog where I can get a built-in audience. How much of the million have you raised? 
200000 from two emails to my existing investors. Right. So are you open to changing your structure on that deal? I don't think so. So I, uh, I've i just been sitting here with a lot of interest because I, I have a lot of knowledge, knowledge in this, in this and space. In this space. Um, so to say, oh, you know, we'll have the data and we'll throw some machine learning on there and we'll right. figure it out. I, it, it's a lot tougher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen how hard it is. Um, so I think I, for me, it's a pass because mm-hmm. like the, the moats you describe are like insurance and kind mm-hmm. of these partnerships that you worked on. And I don't want to undervalue those at all. It's mm-hmm. just that my bias is like, I would like more of a technological moat. So it's, yeah. it's a pass. I'm, you, I'm also <laughs> going to pass for slightly different reason. I just think for this to work, I have to be able to believe that that first product sale is a gateway into a larger relationship mm-hmm. with the mom. And just my experience has been that parents are picky, but... What's it going to take to build a brand that's so trusted that you get like the thumbtack of of mm-hmm. like modern mm-hmm. parenting? Like, and I guess I'm just skeptical that that brand can be built cost effectively right. today. That it's going to be a while before there's a brand that's so trusted you go. I'm just going to go to them for everything. Mm-hmm. I just think I have reservations about what it would cost to build that brand. All now. right. Okay, so I'll go. Um, so I'm going to pass, but here's why. There is not a what I call a margin of safety in this deal. I believe I'm paying for the pivot that you made. I, I don't want to pay for that. Mm-hmm. I think you should do a continuation $1 million from the round that you were. So I think mm-hmm. you're probably somewhere like 6 yeah. to $8 million or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay up a lot more than that mm-hmm. um, right now. So for that reason, I'm going to pass. Right, but uh, I think you're really fantastic. Thank you. I'm going to um, ditto on what Michael said. I think right now it would be a good idea for you just to raise a million dollars on the same valuation. Right. So I'm out. I'm out. All right. Okay. Philip? So I'm excited by your recent pivot, by your relationships with Amazon and now Walmart. The, The flip side is I get concerned about Amazon putting you out of business and doing this themselves. Mm-hmm. Amazon is not shy about doing that. They knock off top-selling products all the time mm-hmm. and do private label themselves. And they could just say, okay, now this is you know our service. But we're, Amazon only controls about 20% of the market right now. I think you know the fact that we're diversifying with relationships with the other retailers. So we have some diversification away from Amazon. But I think you know, in comparison to other markets Amazon's looking at, this one's relatively small. It's really large for us, but mm. it's really small compared to the other things that Amazon's looking at. So it doesn't keep me up at night. That's good. That's a good point. Um, I think, though, that given that you're looking at a $15 million cap on mm-hmm. the note, I can't get on board with that at this stage. Absolutely. So I'm going to pass. All right. I guess my question to you guys would be, would this conversation have gone any differently if I had come in here and said I'm raising a $3 to $5 million Series A? Are you interested in participating? No, you're too early for that. Jillian's right. Yeah. It's rare, but she's right. (laughs) And on that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Jen gets shooed out of the room so the grown-ups can talk. Even though all she heard was no, no, no from the investors, they wanted to say yes, 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 and give her the world. Now, here is the most, he, she was so good, and I wanted so much to invest in this. It's a mispriced deal. 
completely mm-hmm. mispriced deal. If she had come in, I think we probably would. Well, I would have been in. I would have been in. But I think she did not understand. Uh, and I'm trying to understand who advised her. Once again, where'd she come up with the 15 million? Because she can. Because she got people to buy into it, and that who who bought into? Well, she's her previous done, investors. Well, by two hundred thousand, she's listen. Done, founders, founders will 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 kind of greedy up to whatever they can, and, but she and good on them. Like I, I she seemed like that. She seemed too intelligent for that. No, all founders. I want think a what happened. I think what happened is someone probably said your you Series A is going to be twenty. Right. So relative to your Series A, fifteen. Just get is it a, somewhere in the middle. Fifteen's a pretty good deal if you're going to do the A. But at the person who gave him that advice wasn't investing. Yeah, that's right. That's what drives me nuts. Say that with. When we return, I check in with Jen. She compares Michael to a certain shark on Shark Tank, and she shares her strategy for creating investor FOMO. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Jen Saxton laid out a pretty good pitch for investors, but she couldn't close a deal because investors didn't want to pony up for the mistakes of her past. And Jen wasn't really willing to lower the price to accommodate. Two months went by, and I called Jen to see how she was holding up. I remember when I left the pitch feeling a little disappointed that I didn't get a deal, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, not devastated. Um, and, And when I filmed Shark Tank a few years ago, my episode never aired, I was in the same situation. It was like, yeah, I've got this offer, but it's it's just not that good of an offer. And I know I've got other options. I'm not one of those people coming on the show who's who's mortgaged my house and, and have no other options except for the money from uh-huh. these people in this room. And I didn't need to kind of kind of lower my valuation to close a deal. Yeah. On our show, the investors they, they felt like they were paying for this new pivot. And and Michael asked specifically if you'd be open to changing the structure on the deal. What did you take that to mean when he said changing the structure of the deal? Well, I, I knew that he meant, will you lower the valuation? Um, and and I really liked Michael. Um, I, I know that, that sometimes people kind of perceive him as the Mr. Wonderful of the pitch. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I really liked him. Like, I thought there was a chance that, that him and I would work together. Um, yeah. Because I, I, th- I thought that we really had a good chemistry. Um, I appreciate his candor. Really yeah, do. absolutely. And and I didn't find him to be antagonistic. Actually, it's funny. When I went on Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful also loved me. Um, so maybe it's just some <laughs> weird thing I have going. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's a thing. <laughs> I've Apparently. got that vibe. I don't know. And so when Michael asked Jen if she would change the structure of the deal, she knew exactly what to do. Just say no. But it takes a lot of self-confidence to stand your ground in a moment like that. That confidence is something Jen acquired with a bit of help. 
and this was actually some coaching I got um, through a female founders group that I'm part of, um, was to use really big words, right? Because there's a lot of studies out there that show that, that female founders are asked more questions that are limiting, you know, like, well, what about liability instead of what about the opportunity? Right, and, right, right. And that we just tend to undersell. And so I, I was coached to use these words, and so I say it a lot when I'm talking to investors, but I'm like, this is a massive opportunity. And it is inevitable that somebody is going to build a marketplace in the baby services industry. It's inevitable. Are you finding that the VCs that you're talking to now have no issue with the valuation that you named of 15 million? Do you feel like it's actually attainable? I think it's absolutely attainable. Uh, I mean, the signals I'm getting from the market support that. I've had four VC funds now ask us to move into diligence with them. So I expect I'll have a term sheet in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four at once. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. A little bit of FOMO there. Yeah, which is what everybody told me you have to do, uh, is is make the investors think they're going to miss out. And so uh, I think that It was because you really told them you were me. on the pitch, wasn't it? You were like, <laughs> I, fit, I was on the pitch. If you don't get in before it airs, you're going to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, what was your secret? <laughs> I honestly think it was that coaching. It was actually, I was at this event in June. There were like 400 people here in Los Angeles. I think it was called Demystifying Venture Capital. And there were like five VCs on the panel. And... Uh, I stood up and I asked a question, and I just said, hi, I'm Jen Saxton. I'm the founder and CEO of Tot Squad, and uh, I'm in the middle of this venture raise. I expect to have a few term sheets in the next couple of weeks, and I just have a question about the due diligence process. And after I ask my question, one of the VCs grabs the mic, and she says, I'm talking to you on Friday. Don't sign a term sheet before then. <laughs> and I had completely BS that. Like, I didn't know that I was going to have a term sheet in the next couple of weeks. Like, I just said, I expect or I hope to have a term sheet in the next couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, I felt the frenzy. And I was like, this strategy works. People are not kidding when they tell you to do that. And that strategy comes naturally to Jen. My team, uh, at some point, somebody was asked, like, how would they describe me? And uh, Anne, who does marketing for us, said, Jen is relentlessly optimistic. Um, <laughs> and, and I just love that. Like, I am absolutely a glass half full person. And you kind of have to be because you're... Relentlessly optimistic. I'm beaten down. Every day people tell you about your niche idea or how stupid that is or that's not going anywhere. You know, people <laughs> tell you mean, stupid, horrible things about your business all the time. And you have to yeah. be relentlessly optimistic to stay alive. Yeah. You know, hearing you talk, um, it sounds like you've been relentlessly optimistic for a while. <laughs> for yes. a while now, like really just grinding. And you're kind of to the point now where things are starting to turn in your direction. It sounds like a lot of things are going your way, but that could just be that relentless optimism pouring in over the microphone and that's all I'm hearing. Oh my God, I um, hope not. <laughs> is like, is there a flip side to that? or? Um, well, I would say just in general, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster and it has the highest highs and the lowest lows. And I've pulled over on the side of the road and cried in my car, wondering why people are so mean to me. <laughs> you know, there are like, there are absolutely yeah. bad days. But to answer your question, I do think we are just at a major inflection point right now and we have a ton of momentum because the tides have kind of shifted in our favor. And now with major, I mean, the two biggest retailers, Amazon and Walmart, um, bringing Tot Squad on to provide their baby services, it's kind of raising the bar. Yeah. So uh, it feels like you're pushing the stroller 
down a hill now. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I still, I still, you know, one week I think I might be bankrupt and the next I think I'm worth 40 million. So <laughs> it's every, every day is different, but it feels like we're moving in the right direction. Jen told me she's still pitching VCs and expects to see a term sheet from one of them anytime now. Our show is hosted by me, Josh Muccio. We're produced by Kareem Maddox and Heather Rogers. We're edited by Blythe Terrell and Sarah Saracen. Theme music by The Musemaker. Original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder, Peter Leonard, and The Musemaker were mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. And thanks to HelloAlice.com, a resource for entrepreneurs, for connecting us to today's founder. And here's a quick reminder that there's no offer to invest being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can follow us on Spotify and listen for free or find new episodes wherever you listen. And we're on Instagram now at The Pitch Show, where you can see the faces behind the voices. We'll be back with a new episode next week. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.